Practice number five of New York Giants training camp is in the books, and I have some thoughts and takeaways from the practice. Plus, with the pads scheduled to come on tomorrow, what should we be looking for? And could the New York Giants step in and help a fellow NFL team recently rocked by injury? All of that coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and it is... Uh, July 31st, as I record this. So we just finished up with practice number five for the New York Giants. And um, that's what we're going to talk about on today's show. We're going to talk about some general takeaways. We're going to talk about padded practices, which start tomorrow, what to look for, what I'll be looking for at any rate. And we're also going to discuss how the Giants could potentially help this particular NFL team. So we've got a jam-packed show for you today. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast, making us your first listener of the day, or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And a special shout-out to my everydayers, to my subtexters who have been kind enough to support the podcast, and, of course, to everybody who tunes in in between, whether you're a newcomer, whether you sporadically check out the podcast, thank you so much for supporting us. It is appreciated. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Patricia underscore trainer. We got stuff to get through, folks. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into the agenda for today. All right. I want to start off by talking about training camp practice number five, the New York Giants. Um Wrapping up the acclimation period is a five-day acclimation period for all players. So that means starting on Tuesday night, the pads come on. Now, just some general observations here that I want to share with you um, because I just found this kind of interesting. During Monday's practice, Darren Waller got a breather, all right? So he was he was involved with um, the, the warmups, he was involved with the individual drills, but he did not take part in the team drills. And I was watching the offense as they went through their 11 on 11. And I thought to myself, Hmm, you know what? This group doesn't look so bad. Now, what, why do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, is everybody seems to think that Waller is going to be the sto- the uh, straw that stirs the giants offenses drink. And he will be, but we all know about his injury history. And the thought was, what happens if he's not in the lineup? Are the Giants doomed? What are they going to do? Folks, let's make something clear. Waller, I want to see him in the lineup. But if he's not in the lineup for whatever the reason, if he has to miss a game or two because he gets dinged, Giants got weapons, ladies and gentlemen, that can pick up the slack. Some guys that really stood out during the passing drills. Um, Jalen Hyatt, who, considering he got off to a slow start in this camp, it just seems like every day this kid is connecting with quarterback Daniel Jones on a long pass. And what I like about Jalen Hyatt, what I've seen from him, 
is that he does such a good job splitting the coverage. Like if you have two guys on him, he splits that coverage and he gets himself into a position where only he can catch the ball. And oh, by the way, speaking of which, Daniel Jones has done really, really well this summer with his ball placement and his accuracy. I mean, he's executed so many back shoulder throws with precision that you just sit there and you say, my gosh, he looks like a totally different quarterback than he did this time last year. But getting back to his weapons, Paris Campbell is another guy who's got a few uh, jets on his, his legs. So Paris Campbell, what was interesting about with him is not only was he running some of the deep routes, but he was also working from the backfield, you know, coming out on, on jet sweeps and whatnot. So Paris Campbell, you know, that's a potential way to, to deploy him. Darius Slayton, who has been working on the dropsies, by the way, Darius Slayton's been doing extra work after practice with the jugs machine. He's looked good in this camp. Colin Johnson has looked good in this camp. You know, um, I mentioned Paris Campbell. He's looked good. Um, Isaiah Hodgins has looked good. So, so many players for the Giants have just stepped up. And again, you don't want to see a Giants offense without Darren Waller in there, but they've got options. And oh, by the way, Saquon Barkley had a heavy day as a receiver. He looked good. So, you know, we go back to the offseason moves made by general manager Joe Shane. There's depth, finally, at the skill position player group. Daniel Bellinger contributed as well. I mean, so many guys have contributed with Waller, you know, sitting out and getting a veteran's rest day, if you will. So that was really important to see because, you know, injuries are going to happen, whether, you know, hopefully they will be short-term injuries, but they're going to happen. And for those guys to step up the way they did now, yes, it wasn't a padded practice. Yes, it was against their defense. I get all that. But just to see them execute the plays and not sit there and come away and say, my gosh, the offense had a bad day. Because this Giants offense, in all honesty, folks, I don't think they've had a really horrific day yet in training camp. Now watch, I just jinxed them, right? But no, seriously, they've been pretty sharp all things considered. So all that work they did in the off season to get these guys, you know, get on the same page with one another. They've looked good. There's competition. There's, you know, accuracy. There's just the routes have been uh, crisp. I'm just absolutely amazed. (laughs) I am because usually after the first week of, of, of training camp, you walk away and you say, my gosh, the offense looks sloppy. It looks like it's behind. That has not been the case. So my goodness, I got to tell you, I'm really, really excited to see this offense in a live game. The same could be said of the defense. Now, the defense had a couple guys sit out. Um, It looked like uh, Leonard Williams got a blow. Uh, Dexter Lawrence got a blow. So those guys, again, they were part of the individual drills, warm-ups and everything like that, but they didn't really take any snaps in the team drills. And the defense didn't look like it missed a beat either. There were, you know, there was pressure being applied. There were, you know, plays being made, pass breakups. Um, Some interesting things in the defensive secondary, because that's really 
the area that I'm most concerned about is that defensive secondary. So one of the formations, for example, they had a Dory Jackson come down in the slot. And then the, the outside cornerbacks uh, were Cordell Flott and Deontay Banks. And, oh, by the way, Deontay Banks, you know, I, I know I've been, you know, talking about him and how he struggled. He had his best practice to date this summer on Monday. So that was good to see, you know, him finally, hopefully finally turning the corner. But, you know, the defense just getting, you know, Wink Martindale being creative with different looks. I, I found, you know, Dory Jackson, like I said, down in the slot. They had Bobby McCain play cornerback on one particular uh, alignment. So they're mixing and matching. And again, folks, this all comes back to depth, being able to play matchup football. They were able to do it on the offensive side of the ball. They're able to do it on the defensive side of the ball. And it has made such a difference for this Giants team so far this summer. Now, obviously, it's Giants versus Giants. So we have to see how they do when they play live competition. And that'll start, you know, that'll start to come into focus next week when they go to Detroit to scrimmage against the Lions. But overall, I would say through the first five days, the acclimation period, very promising um, returns on all the offseason work that the team did to build up the roster, to put in new plays, to accentuate, you know, the talent they had. Just overall, really a good showing. All right. I mentioned that the acclimation period is over. That means pads come on starting Tuesday. It'll be a nighttime practice starting at 5 o'clock, going from 5 to 7. What are the expectations? What will I be looking for? What are we going to hopefully come away with when we start seeing these padded practices? I will tell you right after this. Hey, Giant fans, our partner at eBay Motors has teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And if you're looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the top half dozen options at the position have been taken off the lot, expect Lions rookie Jameer Gibbs to be a roaring engine as he takes the lead role in an overhauled backfield. The real first-round pick is a steal as an RB2, possessing the talent and pedigree to deliver big, immediate results in a loaded offense. And Giant fans, if you're looking for a guaranteed fit for your vehicle, you need to check out eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly all year long. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you to understand exactly what parts you need for your vehicle. So go for it, switch gears, crank up the AC and say goodbye to sweating when your ride needs a little fixing up. Because with eBay's guaranteed fit, everything you need for your vehicle is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your car, Visit ebaymotors.com. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Lock on Giants podcast. You got me, your host, Patricia Trena. We are five days done with training camp, and now it's going to be 
time for the pads. And just before I get into this next segment, just real quick, because it is a nighttime practice, I will try to get you a practice report, a podcast after it. If I don't somehow manage to do it, I will get it first thing the next morning. I promise you, I will not leave you hanging. So as long as there's a practice and as long as you guys continue to want shows, I will produce them for you. So uh, I'm really excited and and I'm having a blast at training camp. I have to admit, I love the schedule, the three on, the one off. And, um, you know, I just hope you're enjoying the podcasts and and, and everything because I know I'm having fun, you know, covering them for you. So thank you again for tuning into Locked on Giants. Let's get into segment two here. We're going to talk about the padded practices. What are some of the things we're going to be looking for? So I have a few things. And the number one thing on my list is the Giants offensive line. Now, the Giants in the first five practices, they've been rotating different combinations in there. You know, the only steady guys really have been Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal, the two tackles. But the interior has changed up. You know, we've seen John Michael Schmitz at center. We've seen Ben Bredesen at center. And then um, also J.C. Hassenauer was at center before, unfortunately, he suffered a what I think is going to be a season-ending um, triceps injury. Brian Dable said Hassanauer is going to need surgery, so he's now out of the mix. But uh, you've also seen at left guard, you've seen um, Ben Bredesen, you've seen Joshua Zudu. Tyree Phillips has played some left guard. First time, by the way, he has played guard with the Giants. I had a chance to talk to him today at practice, or af- after practice, I should say. Uh, really nice guy and, you know, Great story. I'm going to write that up for Giants country for you guys. So um, they've had Shane Lemieux in there. They've had Jack Anderson, you know, Mark Lewinsky over at the right guard spot. He's gotten a few blows here and there. So Bredesen has moved over there. And again, you've seen other guys, you know, mix and match in there. So the offensive line combination. Now with the offensive line, I always say that if they're rotating different guys in, that's because they don't know who's the combination they want. So I think these first five days, what the Giants coaches were trying to do is just take a look at these different combinations and then see, you know, the execution and, you know, the staying true to the assignments, who worked out the best, who had the best communication. And I think that's going to be the line that we're going to start to see when the pads go on, because now we're taking this to a whole new level. We're getting the physicality involved once the pads go on. So I'm curious to see what the lineup is going to be in the offensive line. Um, My guess right now, you know, again, it's going to be Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal at the tackles. I think it's going to be Schmitz at center, Glowinski at right guard. At left guard, I'm thinking it's going to be either Bredesen or Phillips. Um, Azudu might get some snaps in there with the ones, but Bredesen, I think right now, is, is the incumbent for that left guard spot. So I'm curious to see. And then, As they stack up these padded practices, when we start to see the same combination two, three, four days in a row, that's when we know we're getting closer to having a starting offensive line. So that's number one in terms of padded practices, how that unit does and and what combination they look for. Keeping along that that, uh, vein, that offensive line, in, in particular, the center spot, I want to see how John Michael Schmitz, assuming he's going to play center with the ones, which I believe he will, 
how's he going to handle Wink Martindale's defense? All right. Now, a couple of days ago, Brian Dable talked about challenging these guys, you know, just basically throwing everything at them, sort of like what they did with Daniel Jones last year. And you can bet, ladies and gentlemen, that Wink Martindale is going to throw everything, including the kitchen sink, at John Michael Schmitz. I mean, blitzes, um, stunts, you name it, he's going to throw it at him. And I will tell you, today in practice, um, even though there was no contact still, John Michael Schmitz did a really good job identifying a blitzer from the secondary, pointing him out and adjusting the line calls. So that was encouraging to see. But now things are going to be coming at him quick. So he's going to have to really be on his P's and Q's and see if he can, you know, identify who's coming in, who's not, and make the appropriate line calls. So that's going to be a really important thing that I know I'll be keeping an eye on uh, for this particular practice. Um, the defensive line. So I mentioned how Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams had a bit of a blow, a bit of a rest today. I want to see how that D line works in conjunction with the linebackers. All right. I don't have to tell you guys or remind you guys that last year, the run defense was atrocious. All right. The linebackers just weren't fitting the, the gaps and it, it just was a, uncoordinated mess is what it was. So with the pads on, now we will get to see more of the Giants running game. We haven't really seen a whole lot of it. So we'll see Saquon take some handoffs. We'll see Matt Breida take some handoffs. Gary Brightwell, Sean Corbin, Eric Gray, they're all going to get rotate, you know, snaps in that run game. How is that run defense going to fare against the Giants running game? You know, just going up against Saquon alone it's going to be a nice little challenge for them. So are they better? Can, do they fit their lanes a little bit better? Or are they going to just be an uncoordinated mess again? So that's something we definitely want to take a look at. The receivers versus the cornerbacks. You know, I, I spoke about Deontay Banks on several shows this week. I mentioned, you know, how, how you know, will he be different or perform differently if he could start to be a little physical, maybe jamming a receiver coming off the line of scrimmage, that's going to be allowed. So I'm curious to see how the defensive backs do against those Giants receivers because, in all honesty, I think you could make a case and say that the Giants receivers have beaten the defensive backs a little bit more than maybe the defensive backs would like to admit. So now you're putting the physicality back into it, and is that going to continue or are they going to be a little bit more aggressive we get in their hands on guys. So that's important. Special teams. We're still trying to figure out who's going to be the punt returner. All right. They haven't really returned punts. Um, I don't know how much they're going to do with that on the first practice, but I think at some point this week, we will start to see live punt returns. So who's going to be that guy? You know, Jamison Crowder is a candidate. Eric Gray is a candidate. Um, Darius Slayton's a candidate. I don't know how serious these guys are as candidates, but these are some of the guys who have at least stood back there fielding the ball. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and also speaking of special teams, the gunner play, the gunner play last year was not very good. It was not consistent. They didn't have consistency at the position. So I look for them to try and find a, a set of gunners that are that they'll ride with into the season. And hopefully that set of gunners will be a lot better than what they had last year. 
one of the drills they worked on um, in practice today, they had the gunners trying to come off blocks and down punts inside the five-yard line. So they had a bunch of guys trying that. That's something the Giants definitely need to improve moving forward. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. So just, you know, basically, folks, padded practices, not quite real football, but it's getting close. And you get a better appreciation, a better understanding of where things are, you know, lineups, you know. The idea is going to be not to necessarily put guys on the ground. So, you know, you don't want to see live tackling, but you'll see live contact now. Guys will be able to wrap people up. Um, but again, you don't want to put them on the ground. You don't want to get anybody hurt. And here's the other thing that's that I'm kind of curious to see. The pads add weight to a player. You know, it's like going out in this hot weather with a heavy winter coat on. You know, so if the weather is really, you know, hot and it's been hot lately in, in the New York, New Jersey area, how are they going to hold up condition wise? Because now you're adding, you know, as much as 30, 40 plus pounds of weight between the shoulder pads, the knee pads, the leg pads, the helmet. How are they going to hold up? How's their conditioning going to be? So that's going to be interesting to see, because remember, the Giants have um, some early season games where they've got to go out and play in warm weather. So conditioning, it's all about conditioning. How good are they going to be holding up in these adverse conditions? So that's a look at what I will be watching during uh, the first padded practice. And of course, I will report back to you as to what I saw and, you know, just takeaways and whatnot on tomorrow's show. So um, hopefully I'll be able to get that to you as soon as I get back from uh, from the quote unquote office, but if not, it'll definitely be like the next morning. So I hope you will tune in. All right. Coming up next, can the New York Giants help out one of their fellow NFL brethren? I'll explain what I mean right after this. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host Patricia Trainer. Thank you so much for joining me on today's program. So what do I mean when I say, can the Giants help out their NFL brethren? Well, if you look around the NFL folks, injuries are starting to happen at certain positions. And one injury today, as, as, as I was going through, you know, the news of other teams and what, where they were, there were a couple of things that caught my eye, but one in particular that I want to talk about, and that is the Denver Broncos, uh, their wide receiver, Tim Patrick, suffered a uh, knee injury, I believe it was. And I, they are, they're bracing for the worst out there in Denver. So I got to thinking, the Giants have all these receivers on their roster, and they're not all going to make the roster. The Giants also have no comp picks projected to come to them. So what if, just for curiosity's sake, what if the Giants picked up the phone? What if G General Manager Joe Shane picked up the phone, called Denver and said, hey, we'll send you one of our abundant receivers that we have in exchange for like a day three draft pick? You know, and I said, okay, you know, who could they send? You know, who might be the fit? Now, obviously, I'm going to have to project 
what I think is going to happen with the Giants receivers. So let's start with that, and then we'll kind of work our way towards who the Giants could potentially trade if they wanted to, to help Denver out. All right, so the Giants figure the most receivers they'll probably keep is seven. So we have Hodgins, Campbell, we have um, Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, that's four. Now, who are the other three? Maybe Cole Beasley will be five. Um, let's see. And then two more, maybe a couple guys for special teams. So Mike Sterling Shepard, well, Sterling Shepard doesn't play special teams, but might Sterling Shepard make it? That's a possibility. Could Jamison Crowder make it? I think it's going to be one of Crowder or Shepard, although Crowder, I think, ha would have the edge in that case because he can return punts. Will Jeff Smith make it? That's a possibility. Will they go with Bryce Ford Wheaton? That's another possibility. I think those last three spots, you figure Shepard's going to get one. I could see Cole Beasley getting another. And if they do go with the seventh guy, maybe Jeff Smith is it. You know, so that would be a, a, a wild guess just based on what we know right now. So that would leave guys like Colin Johnson and Bryce Ford Wheaton and David Sills not having roster spots. So would you put them on the practice squad? Well, you could try, obviously. Or you take a look at Tim Patrick, who is primarily an outside receiver for the Broncos, six foot uh, four wide out. And you say, okay, maybe you offer them Colin Johnson in a trade. Maybe you offer them Bryce Ford Wheaton in a trade. All right. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, well, they the Giants spent guaranteed money on Bryce Ford Wheaton. Yes, but if the Giants were to trade him, then the Broncos would assume that, you know, because the teams are trading contracts. So it's not like the Giants are going to terminate Bryce Ford Wheaton and then, you know, get stuck with the dead money or that, that would come with the contract. No, if they've guaranteed him money, which he won't start earning until week one of the season, and they were to trade that contract, then the, the acquiring team picks it up. The Giants would just be on the hook for any signing bonus, you know, prorated signing bonus, which would um, part of it would hit this year and the rest would hit in the following year. I don't know that Bryce Ford Wheaton, you know, unless he balls out this summer, you know, to say that they would maybe do a trade now, too soon to say who it would be, but if Bryce Ford Wheaton balls out, maybe he's an option. You know, Colin Johnson, who has looked good in training camp, maybe he becomes an option. Because, you know, I look at Isaiah Hodgins and I look at Colin Johnson, and I almost see the exact same player. So I just wonder if maybe if you're Joe Shane and you're seeing that, okay, Denver's got this problem now where they're down a receiver, do you maybe look to make a move and pick up an extra day three draft pick? Because you're not getting draft picks, like I said, through the comp system because you, you know, you sign too many free agents. So the only way you're going to acquire them is if you make some trades. And oh, by the way, I haven't mentioned Wandale Robinson, who's on PUP. At some point, he's going to come off PUP. So now maybe you have another receiver down the line that maybe you can look to move. All right. So. I just think in terms of, you know, if the Giants wanted to add resources for next year's draft, makes too much sense 
not to see if maybe Denver would be interested in acquiring one of their receivers. Now, Denver might say, you know what? We know you're going to cut them anyway, so we're not, we'll just wait and claim them off the waiver wire. They might you know, even say, hey, Giants, you don't really have anybody that fits what we're looking for. But isn't it worth a phone call if you're Joe Shane? Not right now, but after, you know, as we get a little deeper into the preseason and these guys start to show what they could do against live competition, might be worth it. So that was what I meant when I said, you know, how can the Giants help their NFL brethren? The Denver Broncos look like they need a receiver, um, you know, after losing Tim Patrick. Now, what was also interesting is that the Lions – also had an injury. They've lost, um, or they, they might be at the risk of losing um, Shane Zylestra, who's a tight end. Um, as of this recording, you know, there was fear that Zylestra um, suffered a serious injury, a suffered, uh, a suffered a serious knee injury. The Giants and Lions, as you know, are scrimmaging next week in Detroit prior to their uh, preseason opener. Now, in terms of, you know, tight ends, the only thing I can think of with the Giants, because they're not trading Waller, obviously, they're not trading Bellinger, and it could come down to, like, one of Chris Myrick, Lawrence Cager, Ryan Jones, or Tommy Sweeney. I would think out of those, the the most appealing one would probably be Cager, but I don't think the Giants are going to want to look to move him. Now, might they feature Tommy Sweeney, who you know has been working in the passing game a little bit more, despite having the reputation as being purely a blocker? That's certainly a possibility. So I don't know necessarily that there's going to be an opportunity for the Giants to to swing anything with Detroit, but you never know. You never know. So you know that's something certainly to keep an eye on once they get out to Detroit and, and just you know. Both coaching staffs will get to see each other's personnel up close and personal, as well as both GMs will be, you know, watching the the practices together. So we'll see how that plays out. But I really think for the Giants, if they're going to try and swing a trade, Denver would potentially make the most sense because the Giants have a load of receivers. And for them to not get anything for one of those guys that you know that they're going to cut, I just think that would be a really big upset to what the Giants are doing. So, all right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, my name is Patricia Trena. Follow me at Patricia underscore Trena on Twitter. You can also follow me on Instagram at Patty Trena, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A. Over there, I'm posting video clips. Um, audio, pictures, all kinds of cool stuff. So make sure you're following me there as well. Thank you again for tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast. And I will see you again tomorrow, everybody.